What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. We have the meats. We do. I I also tend to get the meat sweats every once in a while. We're gonna get the meat sweats th- on Christmas Day. I think I'm gonna have Fogo de Chow twice in 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 one uh, in one year. I I don't know if they'll be able to recover. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there since last Christmas. So there you go. Last I'm, I'm Christmas, I that, ate all the meat. That's a lot of meat. We have the meats because we were talking about how to prep your meat, and and I this, I did the first time. Did the full, you know it's kind of been talked about a lot. Reverse now. sear, yeah. Reverse sear, yeah. With very limited limited equipment, and I'm not going to go into how you do it. People can look it up, or we can talk about it. I don't care. That's the way. Unless I can't do it for some reason, that's how I'm going to be doing my steaks from now right. on. Unless I can't do it for some reason, that's it. It's it. it if you don't have like an infrared. Uh, like twenty five hundred degree infrared uh, broiler, like a, you would have at a professional steakhouse. Mm-hmm. That's the way to get steakhouse quality right. steak. Hundred percent. So, yeah, that's the closest you're gonna is, get. Is is cook it low and slow bef- uh, to a temperature be- below where the fat renders out. Like you said, about one hundred and five degrees, one hundred and ten degrees, mm-hmm. and then super super hot pan with a little tiny bit of oil and your salt and pepper minute, on there. Minute you get, and a half, depending on how the thickness. Yeah, could be thinner. And it is. It's just incredible. And that's it. There's there your, you go. There's, there's your, your reverse there's your, sear, folks. There's your meat uh, consultation. So interesting uh, thing in the uh, headlines that I read today, this Local morning. Local headlines or no, national headlines? International. International headlines, okay. Uh, that um, Libyan man accused of building the bomb that exploded a civilian plane over Lockerbie, Scotland in 1988, which was what, fl- uh, Flight 103? Is that what it was? You don't talk about that after the break? I don't know. That's the kind of headlines. Okay. Well, and you went there. I did go. I've been to Lockerbie. Lockerbie. Yeah. Not because of that, but yeah. Well, I mean, why else would you go to Lockerbie? Because it was was on the way towards London or something, on the way back from Scotland. Right. So you and your dad, a former... You know, pilot, pilot current or, pilot at the time, like a commercial I'm not pilot. Sure if he got, was he retired at that time or not? I don't even remember. What, I'm sorry, what time did it come down? 88. What, what time did it come down? What time? I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what time, okay, but, but 1988. Okay, so this was after that that he retired, but I don't know if Was that he, the Pan Am Flight 103? Is yes, that what that was? 747. Yes, yeah, okay. It was only about half full, maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, people don't know about this that are younger than that. It it was a uh, Libyan, like I said, Libyan terrorist. So people have been pissed off at us for <laughs> Wow. Apparently they've been pissed off at us Jesus. for a long time. Anyway, yeah, I don't remember. I, apparently this bomb was it was an altitude sensitive bomb, I believe, pretty easy to make, sort of, where it goes in cargo holds, and then things in cargo holds, there is no. And it was disguised as a radio. Yeah, and I don't think they pressurize. For some reason, all of the oh, they do pressurize it, but it does lose pressurization. Like they, they don't pressurize the cabin to full. Yeah, the cabins pressurized to like ten thousand feet or, or something or like that. Or eight or five, something. Yeah. yeah, and I think the with the newer airplanes like the seventy-seven and so forth, it's like five thousand feet or something. Like they they press, put more pressure in the ones that are stronger now because it's carbon fiber. There you go. Um, so they found the guy, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, who designed so thirty-five years ago, thirty-six years ago, something like that. Right. So this thing was designed actually to have a couple cycles of expanding. And the and the the atmosphere would it, it, couple cycle because it was going to land to pick up some people and on its second leg I'm pretty sure about this that's when they designed it to have it go off so it got on board like two legs prior <coughs> and then they knew they wanted between wherever it was going from wherever the fuck to 
I don't know where it was going. It was going. It was over England and Scotland. Yeah. Was it going to land in Edinburgh? I don't know. Was it always coming across the Atlantic? I don't remember where it was. I think it was coming to the States. Pan Am flight took off from London on December 21st, 1988, and was headed for New York, uh, but a bomb designed inside of a Toshiba boombox exploded less than an hour after takeoff. Toshiba, those fucking jazz. Oh, shit. The crash killed 259 people on board as well as 11 people on the ground. Shit. Yeah, that's... God. And it and scattered I'm, the wreckage. It was Find su- that out. How like, how many miles was the wreckage scattered on the Lockerbie 747? It's like, you know. it's like, I don't know, 40 miles or something. 26 kilometers. Oh, never mind. So it's like 15 miles. Yeah. I guess. Which is still a lot. Dude, that's that's three times the distance between here and downtown. Yeah, that's that's a lot. No wonder a bunch of people got killed on the ground. But I like this was such a a, a tragedy, folks. That like if you don't if you weren't alive back then, like you have to understand. Like I was seven years old, and I remember my mom and my dad and my my grandparents talking about it. Well, here's it the was thing, a big, too. Is, it was a big deal. Like, I remembered it. I remember that how it went unsolved. They didn't know because nobody really took credit. Right. They knew that it was Libyans. They didn't know this, which is one of the reasons why, like, fucking just like a running joke, the Libyan terrorists, like, they, right. because they did shit like that constantly. And we kind of helped kind of overthrow the government, I believe, and get rid of Qaddafi. Effectively. Yeah. We, we kind of had our, I believe we had our hands in that. I, I believe we did, too, but I don't think they ever publicly came out with no, it. No, but, but yeah, that was a big deal because for our family as well, more than the average person, let's say, because my father was flying internationally then. A commercial pilot, a com- an international been, commercial pilot. Could have happened to any of the Correct. airline, the American-type airlines. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit. Yeah, that's, uh, when I read that today, I was like, holy shit. I'd, well, it's not that I had forgotten about it, because you and I talk about it here and there if Scotland comes up, because you guys, by happenstance, just were like, oh, it's on the way, so and we stopped. My father did a Scottish tour thing and uh, went up there for a handful of days, and we're coming back down towards London, and the sun was going down, and we were still in Scotland, and I, my dad may have been a navigator. Or I might have been. I can't remember. Whoever's ever driving that up one's a navigator. We got to find a place. This is a before smartphones. Right. You couldn't. You you got to stay. You're probably somewhere. using an atlas or something. <laughs> probably. And um, also, it, Europe is different than the states in general. Like you can be pretty much driving around on the highway. And it's getting kind of late, and you haven't planned where you're going to fucking take a hotel room. But we have hotels even in the middle of nowhere sometimes. Uh-huh. Or in in King, they're all. You don't have to. You could say, let's just push on. Well, like, what's the next big town in California if you're going to go on I-40 from here? Uh, Needles. Needles. I, I assume there's a few hotels there you could probably stop probably. and stay in. Yeah. You can't depend on that in a lot a lot of Europe. And a lot of times, like, bed and breakfast and that kind of stuff. So you've got to kind of plan ahead a little bit. Right. So the sun's starting to go down. We're going, where the fuck are we going to stay tonight? And I don't know. And we're not to London. London's going to be too, God, we're going to be there at midnight in London. We can't do whatever it was. And my dad, I think he was navigator, I think, cause he didn't feel like driving over there. He goes, you know what town is coming up in about 10 kilometers, whatever. I said, no, I don't know. Well, I, I, maybe I saw a sign. I don't know. But he goes, Lockerbie. And I went, oh, really? And, well, maybe they got a place there. And he he said, I, I don't want to stay there. I just don't. I really don't want to stay in Lockerbie. That's bad juju for a commercial right, pilot, man. I, went, I get it. And I went, all right, fine. I wasn't going to argue with my father at that. I said, well, just, I don't care how long we drive. And then we were driving a little bit further, and the exits were coming, and I said, Look, I don't know what the next town is, but this may be our best choice. You're right. Fine, we'll stay in line. I don't want. That's fine. We didn't have to argue about it, but he just agreed that that's the soundest decision to make. Remember going off whatever Highway Five or whatever the fuck they call those things, the main highway, and you could obviously tell that once you exited, that all the main little old town was on the left, and you'd cross over on the bridge and go over there. Let's just go into town. We can find a B and B in there somewhere. Found some bar, I think. 
it wasn't that, or maybe it also was a bar, plus they had some rooms. I don't know what it was. So we went in there, and we were obviously Americans because we sounded like that, and we say we're looking for a hotel. And they all, this wasn't that long after the Lockerbie thing. It wasn't like decades. I don't know when it, this was like in, um, like late 90s, you think? Some mid-90s maybe yeah. or something. So not even 10 years. Yeah, so it was fewer than 10 years. So we're in there, and they're like, oh, and they said, oh, you guys are here for the, for the memorial or do you have family or something like that? And we didn't register right away. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're just traveling. We need a hotel or a something. Yeah, we can do that. We can do this, this, this. And we learned um, that um, – and they were very friendly. And they said, well, it's obviously – I mean, you know, they have – they made some lot lifelong friends with some Americans there because they ended up doing – if you heard these stories. And they talked – we asked them about that. And we said, we've heard about this. My father is an airline pilot. And, and uh, you know, th- so there was a connection that was kind of made. And so they don't – hate Americans there anyway, you know, and so there's still kind of a American bombing connection thing. People there throughout the um, town uh, organized together, and this was a common thing that they did. It was known that they went and and got all these clothes once they were released and got all the samples of of residue off of these things and laundered everything, organized all these toys and personal belongings and cleaned everything up and did all the clothes and laundry and stacked. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because they, they, they had a big push in organization for all the family members that were visiting and did their best to help their loved ones' belongings. This this took months and years. That's incredible that they did that. Yes. No, and not to mention the fact that, like, let's, let's not forget that it wasn't just – because it wasn't uh, – I think there was, like, not even 100 Americans on right. there. It was but about half some, or something, yeah. yeah, and the rest of them were from all over the place. But they also, these people in this town, they also lost 11 people from that town that were on yeah. the ground. Oh, yeah. So for them to do that, it's just such an incredible gesture. And I don't remember, I think I looked it up, the the uh, the size of Lockerbie. Like, it's only a few thousand people or something. Right. I think, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not very big. But anyway, they were very nice and very helpful. And then, uh, it's, then Father, at that point, we were going to check in, and, and we still had a little bit of time to do it. And the sun was still not down yet. This is still not quite there. And I said, I think I was, I suggested, I said, do you want to go to the memorial? Because it was across, back across the highway. And they said, look, you can't, you can't miss it. You know, you'll go across. You'll see a nice sign for it. You'll pull off to the right. It's a parking lot, and then it's back. You, you walk back to it. Right. You know, I, I, I will never forget all of this stuff. So um, – that's the only big serious memorial I've seen. Like I haven't been back to New York since nine eleven and seen yeah. that memorial. All the one that's in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. You know the one that went down. You know, all that kind of. This is close to that because it was a big deal. Closest thing to that that I've ever been to was uh, well, I saw the ver- the beginnings of the nine eleven memorial because I yeah. was there in like two thousand six, I think it was, and it and they wasn't kind of getting it going. Yeah, yeah, like they didn't have like the names etched up, but they had the fountains, they had all that stuff, and it was a very somber place. Mm-hmm. You could tell that something tragic happened there and they did that on purpose i believe they make it that way too to make it to make you it's not a place to skateboard for example shit (laughs) i mean you could probably get some cool like little bump bumps i could do oh my god turns so terrible they're called anyway um, yes correct so so my father right so i think my father said no i don't want to and then i think he i don't remember pushing him but i kind of wanted to see it not because i wanted to see it but we were right there you know it was a big deal it was like yeah Something he wouldn't, and I at some point for whatever reason or somehow he said, we probably should go see it. Yeah, I, I'm telling, I don't want to see it, but we probably should. Fine, get back in the car and go across. We'd already checked into the hotel, whatever. We zip across the highway, and it's right there, a quarter of a mile or something, and pull in. No, we're the only ones there. Sun's going down. It's probably like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, no one is there. Um, and so we parked and we started kind of walking, you know, strolling through, and it's it's set up to. 
and it has all the names there, and there's some photographs too. But I can't, I cannot remember all of the things that were said. But it, we kind of separated at some point and went to different parts. It's not huge, but it's big enough. And it, I was reading some names, and then it, at some moment, it just freaking hit me of what it was, and these people aren't in, around. It's odd, but it was like. I recognize what happened. We all know what happened, especially in the family that we're in with the airline business. We knew how many people and how many people were killed and the tragedy level took place, level of tragedy that took place there. But I kind of lost it. You know, I didn't, it wasn't open, loudly echoing, sobbing through the, right, all right, through no. Lockerbie. My father did too. You know, he didn't, you know, it, it was one of those things where, in fact, I think he kind of went off on his own, all by himself because he didn't want to start crying in front of me or something. Right. Um, but it was one of those things. It was a it was a thing, and I will never forget that. I remember all these little details about the bar, even and that kind. Of, you know, these are small things that you don't remember sometimes with a lot of places. But because of that and where it's, it was, it's really really great to hear what the town did for. Oh yeah, they for, they for really the victims and their families. I guess they, they let them stay yeah. there when they come in. T- they didn't have enough yeah. hotels around there. They said they let the family stay there with them in different rooms they made up. Yeah, I mean, it was their. It's like they had a mission now. Almost it was almost like this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. You know, what are you really? You're busy, really. You know, you're gonna. You can't do this. We're doing this kind of thing, and just about the whole town, the entire town was involved. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's a really nice story out of a tragedy. So they found this bomber, and he's been. I think he has he been extradited. He's, uh, he's, he's, oh he, no, he's in custody. Yeah. Like in U.S. soil, is uh, he here now? And his name is. There's a hundred and ninety. <laughs> hundred ninety of the people on board were Americans. Ooh, so that's the vast Including majority. 35 students from Syracuse University who have been spending a semester in the UK. Great. Shit. Okay. Uh, now uh, I remember that. The U.S. Uh, Department of Justice first announced charges and, uh, charges against Abu Aguila Mohammed Masood Kir Al-Marimi. <laughs> what a prick. Use all the... I'm, gonna all call, the I'm just going to call him Abu. Uh, in December of 2020. I remember that. After he was arrested in Libya, he was... Um, so he he was arrested in Libya, but they I mean they drugged their feet for two years. Yeah, and then what happened? They let him and go. And now or he's um, he is. Oh, he was been transferred than... to U.S. custody. Okay, I wonder if he's. Do we even know if he's on U.S. soil now or not? Is he? Uh, they we probably won't know until he actually goes to court because They're they don't talk so about that stuff. stuff like Fuck that. yeah, uh, they want to put him on trial. They don't want some some shithead to just murder him. Now uh, I wonder what. Was he part of a um, organized group, shall we say? I'm or was looking. He I'm just looking a at pissed that. off guy over there that goes fuck the Americans. Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing. He may have been just a, a guy that knew how to build bombs and hated America. Death to America. You know, right, that, that kind of shit. Thing. Yeah, just in general. Now there's two other guys that were convicted in absentia in Scotland, uh, but they're those guys are still at large in Libya. But this guy has been transferred to. It doesn't say he's on U.S. soil yet, but he's been in. He's in U.S. custody. Anyway, fuck that guy. I wonder if, um, like, if they'll be able to get information out of him. Like he knows where his buddies are or something like that. They're going to try to smoke those guys. And maybe they haven't done anything else. Maybe they, it's possible that they did this bombing and went, holy shit, that was successful. Now we're going to go sell. Uh, uh, dates in uh, sell state. dates. 
Like they're gonna go work for Sala and his little fucking smart monkey. Like in I'm fucking, to, I'm trying to get the prototypical thing we see in movies is what they do. And these mar- these large markets, these open air markets. They 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 opened up their own bazaar. That's what it was. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> so in lighter news, yes, please have lighter. Please lighter news. News, please. I was thinking I had lighter news, but I don't. I'm trying Artemis, to. I've, I've, Artemis came back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So first trip the U.S. Uh, sent uh, any sort of. Um, what do they call that? A habitable capsule around the the moon since 1971. And you know what I don't like? There are people, I've seen these people make these comments. Some people that I know are like, who cares? We did it in 1960s. No big deal. I get your sentiment. I understand that. That's Those are the people that stayed behind when other sailors went out and explored the world. Yes. Those, those people's ancestors right. did that. Well, there's no big deal. How come we can't just do it again? Let's just say, for example, that you built a, an airplane you know, on your own, and it flew, and that's the last time well, we did it. Well, that's it. We don't need it. We, 19, we accomplished that goal. 1960s. It, one airplane, it, it would happen, or several airplanes, and you did it, and we, that, and we stopped doing it since the 60s. Yeah. You're not going to go back and just immediately recreate that. You're not going well, to use the same technology, right? Anyway. And, and the whole idea behind the moon landings were to, to beat the Russians, but also to right. further, you know, uh, human exploration. That's what the scientists wanted to do, right? But also and now beat we're the doing Russians. it not to beat the Russians or the Chinese, or you know, the Chinese are up there. I think they made they land. have their own. They have the lander up there, I think, or rover, uh, maybe a rover. I don't know if the Chinese did. I know the Japanese did, right? Um, but. The whole idea is we didn't have the technology in the 60s and then, and, you know, into the early 70s to, to set up a moon base to get us, you know, to turn us into, you know, uh, an interplanetary species. That was the plan all along. Yeah. But the technology didn't exist then. And like, the it other- barely existed to get us to the moon. Like, that was a fucking, when they call it a moonshot, I mean, it's because it was 50-50 chance kind of that they were not going to survive. freaking miracle the way this whole thing was just really yeah. barely happened anyway. Yeah, the Apollo program is like the, one, of some, one of the most reckless fucking endeavors ever. Yeah. But we didn't have the technology back then to do the moon base like we like we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now we do. Yep. And honestly, now, now I, again, just like in just like in the electric car industry, Elon Musk. As much as people don't like him right now, he's the SpaceX is the reason why NASA had to step it the fuck up. Yes, just but like, also uh, NASA is the reason why. Elon Musk, or or the war between us and the Germans, and we had all these rocketeer people over there, we're able to get this technology. It's a governmental war that happened that got us the technology, and now that Elon Musk is be able to, like, if, if this didn't exist before, Musk wouldn't be able to do this either. Hell no. I know he's doing new technology with the landing rockets. I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from any of that. That's all brand new, cool shit. I get that part, but because a lot of money was spent from public money, public funds. The math is there. The physics. We know it works. We know we can come down this way on parachutes. And all that was all figured out. Yeah. By governmental entities. I mean, what, that paid private companies. Right. In the '60s to do this, but that's again, Musk wouldn't be able to do it. But now they're stepping up their game because of Musk. Hey, it feeds it back and forth that way. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, um, but I don't like the people that say, you know, we kind of we already did that. No, I'm. You just don't. That's not. You don't just go back and get out the old blueprints from NASA and just start making the same thing again. This would be really, really stupid. Right. And now we went out there, like I said before, we were longer out there than any other occupational, perhaps, uh, uh, space. Well, yeah, 25 it, and a half days. Right, but I mean, it was physically beyond the moon a fair bit. Oh, yeah, they yeah. they went way out in orbit, that way weird, out there. Uh, the retrograde yeah, orbit. Yeah, retrograde uh, orbit. Initial orbit was way out there. The pictures coming back are just fucking stunning. It's incredible. I've seen the idiots and online, then, too. Now, this is out of, there's no way the moon is that big. I said, well, it's closer. Yeah, I didn't say this, but people are going... <laughs> it's supposed to be, and someone said the the Earth is eighty. Literally, I saw this. 
The Earth is 80 times the size of the moon. This picture, if this is only this many many miles away, it can't be the it's Earth. It's not 80 times. It's not 80. Who, where are you getting moon, this information? The, the moon is one-sixth the mass of Earth. There they are right there. It's one-sixth. You know how I know that? Because the gravity is one-sixth because it's one-sixth of the mass. That's right. how that shit works. Right, and so there's, there, you can't fit 80 of those inside of that either. Correct. I, I, so stupid. I don't even pay attention to people like that anymore. I just don't even engage. I don't look at it. I, I just, whatever. Right. Uh, I, the I'm glad that we're back doing cool shit like that. I wish it was on a, a quicker timeline because they're talking about Artemis 2's not going to launch with people until 2024. No, they're talking about actually going. I I be, no that's Artemis I, 2. Is the no ne- what I heard is three is going to land on the moon in 2024. Also, I heard that. Oh, we, we got to okay. figure this out. But yeah. I I, th- I think they're supposed to be landing if the schedule works out. Artemis 2, I think, is going to be with people but not land on the moon. I, let's look this it's, up real quick for the people. Uh, Artemis, okay. Artemis 2 I, is the second one. I think it's going to have people and do orbiting and do some uh, sightseeing. Like They're going to take a Sunday drive with a bucket of chicken, and they're going to go around. May 2024. Is what? The launch date for Artemis 2. Oh. Well, maybe Artemis 3 is going to be not that much later after that. went to Artemis 3. Let's see. It's going to be a lunar flyby test and then return to Earth. With people, Artemis Two. I don't know yet. I I'm, think I think I'm, that it has people in it. Pretty sure. And then the third is going to be landing with people. Four person crew. Okay. Four person crew is Artemis Two, and then Artemis Three is landing. Does it say when Artemis Three is going to be? Mm, no. Okay. So yes, I so it, I agree. It, It'd be nice if they were to. So May of 2024, so nothing's going to be launched next year, you're saying? Correct. So, yeah, Artemis 3 is 2025. Crewed lunar landing. I believe in that one they're going to be landing at the South Pole where they think there's there's frozen water. Correct. Because if they have water there, they can do all kinds of shit. Yes. That's going to be the key. Um, That's... Going to be incredible. I will say this, though. Uh, SpaceX is going to beat him to it. To the moon and land with, pe- with people? Yeah. Are you Are you sure? Yeah, because they just announced the crew for that Dear Moon project. Remember the one they announced like four years ago, five years ago? Okay. Where they, they're like the one guy that's going to go up. The one guy they chose was like some billionaire. Oh, And he said he was going to yeah. choose like five or six people to go with him or five people to go with him. I remember that now, yeah. And yeah, yeah. one of them, I can't fucking believe it. One of them is uh, a, a, a YouTuber. I can't think of the guy's name. Blake, okay. Blake something? But he's an everyday astronaut. Like he's just, a, like he loves uh, astrophysics, astronomy, da, da, and he breaks down like little like 15 to 20 minute videos on various things about space exploration, and he's one of the people chose. Another one is Steve Aoki, the DJ, oh, the music producer, and I'm just like, what? All right. That's the, um, hold on. So, so do you think that's going to be more popular because they're doing that, like with a DJ, as opposed to NASA doing it and be more serious? Right. Uh, yes, I believe so. It's going to be more popular, do you think? So that is going to be a six-day tour around the moon, and that's uh, next year. It's in 2023. If it all if it all works out on yeah, schedule. if it does, yeah, yeah. Eight. It's going to be eight passengers. Wait, this, when the SpaceX one is eight passengers? Yes. The first one they're sending around the moon is eight people. Nine nine people actually technically. Holy shit. Yeah. And and that's the guy who's funding the project. That billionaire is, uh, guy, Yusaku Miyazawa. He's funding the whole thing. Yep. All right. Japanese billionaire entrepreneur and art collector founded Start Today. Online fashion retail, yeah, made a shitload of money. 
and God, then so I, and I hope it's successful. I, I don't want to see any big terrible tragedy. God, I, yeah, no shit, me either. Please, let's do this right. Yeah, launch on a Falcon Heavy Dragon Two spacecraft. Oh, fuck, that's gonna be cool. Um, they don't have an actual launch date yet. Oh, I thought you said they did in May and May it's, next they year. have the, just twenty twenty three. Oh, I thought so. What was May? I thought you said that May twenty twenty three. Did I make that up? Is my head something's wrong? No, May twenty twenty four is Artemis two. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Paul's had too much caffeine and not enough calories. Oh my god! I mean, this terrible. Yeah, you want to talk about that briefly? Yeah, let's talk about that because I th- I think it's I find it almost comical just how restrictive you're being and how much like uh f- like how. Uh, the fortitude that it takes to to have and the self control to do. What I, you're I'll doing. talk about exactly the hard parts and the easy parts. Okay, yeah, so let's here talk we go. about it because it's so uh, like, every two years Joe knows I do this since I've known him. Why you people ask? Everybody's asking why is Paul doing it every two years? Because I want to go. I'm going to have to go and have my flight physical and my little personal thing on my flight physicals. I don't want to weigh any more than I did this last I don't know eight flight physicals I've had. So I got to get. Initially, it's like under under two fifty, so I was two forty five, which, by the way, is a fair chunk that I'm less than I'm weighing now. I told Ashley, who works for us here, and I said, "You wonder how much I was like a week ago." Let me take, just guess, and I said, "Don't try to be nice because I'm your boss." Really guess how much you think I weigh, how I look that I weigh, and she told me, and I went, "It was you know forty pounds more than that, or thirty oh, wow. or whatever." And she goes, "I don't think you look like the average person who weighs the m- amount you just told me." Right. I'm not gonna go on these numbers. But she goes, I, I honestly, you're not built that way. You don't look like that. You're, you're a big guy, obviously. I said, yeah, but I could be a smaller-looking guy. I, it's a little more even around me, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so so I kind of wanted to be before the end of this year, but I'm, I can't. There's no way humanly, literally humanly possible that I could weigh less than 250 before uh, the 29th because they're, they're going to be open, by the way. They're not going to be closed the whole week like yeah. I am. They're going to be open. They're not going to be on New Year's Day and that kind of shit, whatever it is. I don't. I can't get that number. I don't think it's possible for me to do that. But I'm trying. If I don't make it, I don't make it because I want to fly my airplane on New Year's uh, Day. Right. That's the tradition. Yep. I fucked that up. If I started two weeks prior, I could have done this. So anyway, the only way that I can do this, Joe, and you know this because you've seen me do this before, is I've got the, everybody knows what maybe knows what My Fitness Pal is. It's an app. It's a very popular fitness app you can have on uh, the smartphone. The smartphone. <laughs> Oh, you fucking dinosaur. <laughs> so funny. The, so, the smartphone. Whatever. So I, I've tried it a long time ago. And this, if I calorie count, I hate doing it, but I'm looking at it. It's kind of a game to me, too. Everything is like, oh, there it is. Oh, there's this is how many calories you get. It, oh, actually, it only will set up to you to lose, lose a maximum of two pounds per week. That's it. You can't pick anything higher than that. Yeah. If that's your goal, it won't, it won't let you do that. Right. Because it doesn't want you to doesn't want you to give. So what's your current weight? How much do you exercise? You you plug all that shit. You need to be as honest as you can. Says okay, your current weight with this is your goal, two pounds per week. Here's your calories allotment per day. And then you can track it. You can add foods. It's really easy to you start searching foods. Boom, and it knows the calories of a bag of this or yeah, yeah. ounce yeah. of milk. I've or used it before, and I, yeah, okay. it's it's probably the most popular like yeah. fitness tracking app. I'm not saying it's great or not. They're not a sponsor. Fuck, no one's going to sponsor us like that. Right. So anyway. But it works for me. So now it was two years ago, last time I was on it, and now they've changed everything. It's like, oh, my God, now I've got to relearn the whole entire – re- everything's reconfigured and different. So I weighed myself last Sunday, almost a week ago you – know, just over a week ago, excuse me. And so I went, well, that's not going to work. 
I can't have a life like that. So here it is. Every two years I do this, I'll gain some weight back slowly and then start being bad at myself and then I have to drop it again, which is not healthy. Unable to keep a normal normal frame. So I'm going to do my best like I did last time I told you this. This year I'm going to try to really, if I have a certain pair of pants that gets a little bit tighter, I want to I try to be conscientious of this. I'm going to have a little note saying, hey, go weigh yourself and then and do that and then back it off for a week or two. And just, yeah. you know, That's easy to modulate. I know a lot of people that do that. They don't talk about it, but these are normal-looking people that say the normal sizes. They go, yeah, I've got my, uh, my test jeans. And if they got, if I went on vacation and a little bit tighter, then I, I know I'm going to have to, I'm not going to starve myself, but I'm going to back down my calorie intake for a week what, or, and week what, or two. You know, if you're drinking lots of beer or something right. like that. Just like, dial it down a bit, maybe yeah. run a little bit more exercise, and that, that's all you got to do. So I talked to my stepmother, Alice, as we were, as I was coming in from my meeting today, because I know she's always been, decent weight so this is a good conversation with her because she goes i've never had a trouble with that i said so let's explain this i was on the phone with her never had trouble meaning trouble meaning you were you were always dialed into it and you were really aware of how many calories you ate so it was easy for you to keep like it was a habit to where it was like second nature to know what you were doing she goes no she goes because i'll tell you what did kind of help but it, i wasn't it wasn't easy to do it wasn't excuse me it wasn't hard to do it was when she was a flight attendant for delta for I don't know, thirty years or something. That's what I was going to bring up. Is it? So she comes from the era where they before were, the lawsuit, yeah, happened. She was. She said they gave you a hundred pounds at five feet. She goes, no one's five feet, but that's where it was, and they give you five pounds per inch. That was wow. it. And she said that. Um, so five six, one hundred and thirty pounds is your max. Yep. Yep. Holy shit. That's what it was. And I said, was that hard for you? She goes, no. It really. She goes, why it was? She goes, I like food. You know, I like good food. She said, but it was, we were busy. Also, during then, we were pushing heavy carts, and we were going through instruction. because it wasn't easy to do, really, when you were doing that lifestyle and carrying bags and going to a hotel and banging all the pilots, and it, was, it took a lot of calories. and <laughs> Walking all over airports. Right, all that, yes, yeah. walking all over airports, all that kind of shit. They weren't really moving sidewalks then. They no. really weren't. No, and if you, I'd be willing to bet that those flight attendants, if they had, if they had, had smart watches back then, they would have counted their steps, and they would have well over several miles every single shift they worked. Oh yeah, yeah. just especially with the added, you know, running all over the airports to catch a, you know, your flight or whatever. So the I, next one you're on. So I asked her. I said, "What about when you?" I said, "Like for me, for example, if someone says, hey, we're going to have a, this healthy meal, and guess what? Rhubarb pie is the dessert, and you can have as much as you want.'" I said, "It never crossed your mind ever in your entire adult life to wow, I love rhubarb pie. A whole pie sounds really great over the next couple of days." And she goes, "Yeah." No, it just never did. I said, because you knew it was bad for you? She goes, I would get full and uncomfortable, and I just, I wouldn't do that. And I said, that's that's an interesting thing. She never had to count calories, never had to look at, oh, that's too many calories. You know, she would have a couple bites of a small, high-quality chocolate bar if she were traveling in some, in San Francisco, and they have proper, and that was it. She'd bring the rest back, wrap it up, put it in her purse, maybe even forget about it for a week until she was traveling, and, oh, my God, there's that chocolate bar I get, you know. Right. I said, this is not my life. You know, I, I would, if I like really good food, like you talked about a good thing that you made, this chili that you did, which is really good for you, but, you know, uh, she wouldn't have eaten as much as Jesh did, for example, who's not in bad shape. I No, and he, but he also, Jesh is one of those people that, and it wasn't chili, it was the boeuf bourguignon. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Excuse me, sir. You're going to be making, uh, like, I, I apologize. Yeah, Frenchy, it's a fancy Frenchy beef stew. That's what, Julia Child's recipe. 100%. Classic, yeah. oh, Julia Child's. I didn't go full Julia Child on it, because I, like, she uses, like, 
beef bones and you bake it off in there and the marrow melts out of the bones and but, becomes part but, of the braising. But please but I didn't tell do that, me but I came you, close. you spoke like her at least a little bit while you were doing Oh, yeah, that. 100%. And, I, and I, I cooked with the wine and some of it even made it into... <laughs> well, we're going to add that. Like, sometimes I cook with wine and on occasion it makes it into the food. <laughs> <laughs> you said... Yeah, please tell me you said that. Well, no one else was there, right? I, could, de- <laughs> I, I didn't say that, while, but I'll tell you what, what I did have. Mm-hmm. I had the 45-minute long episode of the Boeuf Bourguignon recipe for while the Julia cooking with Julia's child or whatever it was her show on I found it on YouTube that episode and I played it it's all nice. grainy transferred from a VHS tape lovely but it's it's folks it's the best beef stew you'll ever have in your entire life right okay like so it's, it's so rich and so decadent. you had enough of that you brought in some I bought I, I brought enough for three helpings and I like get, two quarts you said yes and what happened and, and he ate it all in one sitting <laughs> Because he hadn't, and he's like, dude, it's the best damn beef stew I've ever Two had in my entire life. Two quarts equals a half a gallon of beef stew. No, it's a quarter of a gallon. Two quarts Wait, so is a half so, a gallon. No, I'm sorry. So it would have been 32 ounces. Oh, uh, I'm I think sorry. that's a 32-ounce container. It's like a, it's a Tupper, or Rubbermaid Tupperware. No, but you said two, Tupperware. a quart is 32 ounces. No, 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 no. Said two I quarts. said two helpings, two to three servings is what that was. Oh. It would have been like two big bowls of beef stew, and he ate the whole fucking thing. I thought you said he had like a half a gallon, effectively. Of Not beef a half stew. a gallon, but it was it was a big. Bowl. It would two very big bowls, right? Like I couldn't sit there and eat that. But that guy but, also doesn't really he, do breakfast and whatnot. But so he like, said he was full, but he still wanted to eat more. Yes, I think it's what he said. Yes. Okay, now Alice never would have said that, not because. She was not a glut. Maybe she's not a glutton, but she said it. It just it never crossed her mind to eat that much. To eat that much to be that miserable. I'm going. That's really odd because my father also had a he went up and down in his weight. But I think I'm better than he is at it. But I have to do the thing is, Joe. If I didn't have this flight physical thing, I don't know if I'd ever choose to go on my fitness pal and right. fucking get a hold of this. That's just like a. Excuse me, Burt Belch. That's just a confession. I'm, you know, it's a confession, but it's the truth. People do have a hard time with these different things, and it's it's not. I got to tell you, last night I didn't have. Okay, since so I can eat like twenty four hundred calories, somewhere around there, and still lose a, two pounds a week. That's what you're supposed to be eating, right? So so far today, I've had about ten of those. You saw me eat those chips and a cup of coffee, with 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 a lot with lots so of coffee. So you're like under four hundred calories right for the now. Day. That's easily, where I'm at easily. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm pretty hungry too. But last night at this time, for whatever reason, I don't know if I ate something weird that triggered it. I'm like going, I can't even sleep. I've got to go get ten more of those. What are those chips I bought? Sun chips. Sun chips. You ten, ten more of those chips will fucking not can go to sleep. Hey, Mister Guy who didn't grow up poor. Yeah. Drink a a glass like a big glass of ice water, and then okay. kills your hunger, and you'll be able to fall asleep. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. Hundred percent. Right. It really, it, I'm, it, I'm gonna it, do it that. works. Yeah. Right. The I, only thing here's the thing. Yeah. It instantly makes it almost like a cup of coffee, like it, but also kind of cold. About, it's cold because it shrinks your stomach. For, also, yeah, and for about twenty minutes, it'll ja- it'll jazz you up a little bit. Okay, same, do you know that uh, uh, an apple will do the same thing, like almost the same thing as a cup of coffee? It just doesn't last as long. It lasts for about an hour. Not any caffeine in coffee. What? There's no caffeine in, in I mean an apple. I know, but it it'll 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 wake you up. It'll perk you up, and it'll 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 do the same thing that the coffee. I've I've tested this. Okay. I read that there's no fucking way. Me as like a caffeine junkie, mm-hmm. there's no way that that worked, and I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, all right, it works. So all I got to do now, so I'm thinking, okay, I gotta have you know, if I get through this next, it's gonna, I'm gonna sh- struggle <laughs> or not struggle, torture myself for a month, but we're gonna have a bunch of meat. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't drink much alcohol right now anyway, as you know, but I did have. That was hilarious, too. I said, oh, yeah, when we had some wine at the cellar door. <laughs> and I said, hey, I've only had this, this, and then we split 
total between three to three bottles of wine. Well, here's the fucked up thing. It's about a bottle and a half of wine. I you did that that day. I had oatmeal and some dates that morning, mm-hmm. and then I ha- I I I ate like a little bag of Funyuns that we had at Blackbridge. Okay. And then I went home and I was going to cook this and do that and did it. I had a friend come over and hang out. I never ended up cooking dinner. And then, you know, 6, 6.30, you're like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, I don't feel like going out. And you fucking goaded me into going out. And I had a great time, but I also didn't eat anything. I had about the same amount of calories you did that day. Right. And then we had three bottles of wine between the two of us. Yes, we did. Fucking shithoused. The cool thing about that is, though, is that, like, I metabolized it fast enough because there was a while there where I'm like, I might have to leave my truck downtown. Shit. Why can't that, I drink that, this that's much? That's the truth, too. I, wasn't, I didn't feel buzzed hardly. I mean, I was a little bit, but then I... It's probably because your body was uh, has been in starvation mode Yeah. and was keeping those wine calories without processing. I, I swear that the, your human body does some really weird shit when it goes into starvation mode. So it's going to hold on to it rather than process it. Yeah, or it'll, it'll process, run it right through the straight track and uh, you know into uh, digestion for energy as opposed to getting fucked up. Yeah. And your metabolism is probably cranked up, too. Here's the other thing, too, is that, of course, when you... I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to, well, probably everybody, right? If you have a buzz or your alcohol and you've got some good f- food to eat at home, it's a problem because you're like, man, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to eat that leftover, whatever the fuck it is, whatever you have in there. Yep. Eat that half a burrito that I had for lunch. That's what uh, Joe Rogan has talked about that before. He said, alcohol isn't the problem. It's the bad decisions I make on alcohol, when it, like poor diet decisions. I agree with that. Because he, like, he's got himself dialed in with his weed. That he doesn't smoke weed that makes him hungry. He he has he gets the kind of weed that has the terpenes in it that kill your hunger. I gotcha. Which is a thing. So I remember before I, here's before I went out to drink, I I kind of had it figured out like how was I going to, because uh, I want to come back. I may be I may be under the influence of alcohol, not enough to drive badly, folks. So don't give me a hard time. But I thought I need a plan here. What am I going to eat? I know I'm going to want to eat something when I get back. What am I going to eat? I think I had a hunk of steak in there still left yeah. over for my sear technique. So I can eat that, and that'll fucking fill me up a little bit. I can have some water or whatever and, and some of these uh, sun chips. Yeah. I said, that'll be enough. I'm going to focus on that and not even stop at some store or something like that and right. get something that's fun to eat. You know, so and that's, that's a problem. That, but a lot of people just have the normal discipline where they just don't do that. You know, they, they don't. It doesn't even cross their mind. Those neurotypical assholes. Yeah, it's just... I'm I, rather envious of those people. I, yeah, it, it's an amazing thing. So I'm looking f- ahead here several months from now after I've done what I want to do and I'm flying people around. I'm working on my instrument rating and I'm going to be flying people in the glider. I mean, I'm thinking about these things. How long is that going to last? How, how long can I do that before I just relax and go, oh, that's okay. i got a couple years to wait until my next physical. I've got to figure out a way somehow and i don't know what it is i think yet. we should start doing the thing like we talked about years ago is that you know when einstein before he had to sit down and do any sort of problem solving he would ride his bike around okay we should do that and ride. i'll bring my mountain bike out and we'll, you know we'll go out for a ride around the airport and it's then come back cold right now i don't mean tonight oh fucking eskimo I no okay it is cold. God damn it. Boop. I'm tired. I'm already fucking pissed about the weather. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, we're colder than normal right now. We're getting yeah. colder. We've got some snow in the mountains. And, and I woke up this morning. I got geared up, ready to go out, out and work this morning mm-hmm. outside in the rain and potentially snow and shit. And it was sunny. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought there was supposed... Right. Everything was fucked up. There was no rain it, in the it forecast. It did rain a lot yesterday Yeah, evening. no, on Sunday. I it know, man. Sunday, Sunday evening, it rained like crazy. And then everything started to freeze. I drove home last night. 
uh, had dinner at the damn bar and drove home about 7.30. And I was like, I turned the corner off of the main road, you know, onto, onto my onto, like uh, the side street. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ass end of my truck got slippery. Like it was, the roads were freezing last night already at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. That's why I told my crew, I said, uh, I don't know if it's going to be bad roads or not, but we're starting at 9 o'clock instead of 7 so I, I don't even care if it's clear tomorrow morning. I don't want to yeah. make it. I don't want to go up, figure it out tomorrow morning. Just be here at nine. A funny related note. Uh, I knew this rain was coming. I've got this. Uh, uh, I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I've got this little project vehicle. It's like one of my dream vehicles. I've always wanted to own. It's an '89 uh, Jeep XJ, a Cherokee, mm-hmm. and it's black. It looks just like the one from the Goonies. If you guys remember that. Uh, and I've always, always, always wanted one. I got it kind of for a song. It runs great. It's got some electrical gremlins, including. But you, but you figured a couple of things out. Oh yeah, and with, I've got a couple gremlins. things out, and I've, I've, I've fixed a few things. The last two things that I need to fix are the windshield wipers because none of them work. The Ooh, rear God. one for the hatch or the front, and uh, the stereo doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's a newer like CD player with Bluetooth in there that it just doesn't it doesn't power on or anything. I hit a bump a couple weeks ago. And when I was off road and I saw it light up for a half a second and I was I stopped and I was like what the fuck that but anyway it means the, again the ground or probably the power wire just it, was never soldered correctly or something the thing is know? is that there is an ignition there's a weird ignition switch in there it's not in the column it's down in this it's not it's in the steering column but it's down there's to, a rod that goes it, down a rod, rod that goes down into it right yeah. and that actually controls a handful of accessories including the windshield wipers and there the stereo you, there you go so there's yeah. it's possible that it's that it's a fuse it's a wire it could be all manner of things. Anyway. But those two are probably related. So rather than pay someone to do it, because I refuse to do that, I will fix this myself. It's so one of the reasons I got that vehicle is to, t- to learn how to work on some things on a car that I've never had to work on. And electrical is just one of the things I've never really had to. People have asked me, how come you know so much about cars and know how to fix this and know how to fix that, but you don't know how to do, like, drum brakes or electrical? And it's like, because I always own shitty cars, and I had mm-hmm. to teach myself how to work on them because I couldn't afford to have somebody else to do it. Right. But I've never... Never had to work on drum brakes, and I've rarely done electrical work other than like wiring up a brand new like stereo, or just running all the wires mm-hmm. to new speakers and a sub and all that. So I know how to do that, but fixing existing shit, I'm just it's it's just not in my skill set yet. So anyway, rather than uh, take it to somebody and have them fix it, I knew that we were going to get some snow. I one of the things I want to do is because it's got bigger tires, got knobby off road tires on it. I wanted to go up and play in the snow. Sure, you can't really do that without windshield wipers, man. No, you can't. I have a question because I don't want to get, I don't want to buy the hard top. In fact, I had an opportunity. Uh, Mr. Schroeder said, "Hey, there's a guy that's got a the same vintage Jeep you do, selling this hard top for not very much money. Do you want a hard top in your thing?" And I went, "I kind of do, but I went, no, I don't. I've got so much going on. I don't want to fuck around with that now." Yeah. And I thought I'll, I'm going to store it in a, one of my containers. It's going to occupy it's just space. Take up space. Oh my god, yeah. I don't want to put it on the Jeep. I'm going to start with. I've got too many business things going on, so yeah. I turned it down anyway. Uh. If it's if it's not the case, just say no. You wouldn't do this. I'm not inviting you, but if if you were dressed up correctly, and this this heater kind of I mean it works, but it's it'd be open air. That Jeep, no doors. I don't have the gear to to. I don't have winter gear to get into a an open vehicle and go play around in the snow. If that's uh, what you're okay. I don't. I I just don't have it. I right. I, 
the I have a ski jacket, but I don't have like snow pants or anything like that. I have I, yeah, I just see, don't have the gear. I, I do have snow pants now, and hiking boots and a big ski jacket and ski goggles. And right. Shit. I think I could do that. So now. if you did want to go out and do that, well, here's what I was getting at. So rather than have somebody else fix it and and right. I haven't got it fixed and I knew this like snowstorm was coming through, it was going to be fun to play up in the wall pies. I put rain X on my windows. There you go. No, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually worked a hell of a lot better than I thought it would. Right. Because uh, it was uh, a little bit rainy. Uh, when was that? Oh, it was it was last night. So I went for, after I got home, and I was like, I'm gonna take the jeep around. I want to see how this works in the neighborhood because it was still raining. And I drove it around. And I'm like, oh, okay. Got up Walpi Mountain Road. Rainex is incredible. I forgot how fucking cool that oh, is. Oh yeah, I remember when I first started using it. I thought this is bullshit, whatever. And then I I think I was in one of my I think my Tommy back uh, back east his truck. Yeah. And we were in a southern South Carolina rainstorm or something like that. And is and we're going pretty quick. You just just no, sheets off. It, it was better than windshield wipers. Yes, I would agree. I'm like, this is what the fuck is it? Rainex, man, you're doing it for no. So yeah, I started just, using it for a while, then I stopped. I haven't used it in a while. I'm again. surprised that you don't. That it's not something. I feel like it came from fucking like jet canopies or something like that. Well, like there's a military use. For I don't. It. There's is a chemical sort of in there, and I don't know if you can put it on plexiglass like you can glass. Yeah. I, I don't know that. I'll have to look that up. But you, what you can do, which won't hurt the glass. It's actually clean off with alcohol, which won't hurt it, and then um, uh, put like some some other good wax coatings on there. Like you can put like a hard well, that's what Rainex is. It, it it's kind of yeah. Well, I mean, it's a it's a liquid wax that when it, you have to rub it on, and right. then, just like you do wax on a, on a paint, right? On a, like a, on your paint, and then you let it dry to a haze, and then you buff it off just like a wax, which well, is exactly what it is. And the other thing is also if you're if you have rain uh, in an airplane like like mine, if it, if you're going that fast, it almost doesn't matter what's on there anyway, right? So, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll do some. Googling. I was thinking more on gliders. Oh, there you go. On yeah. a glider canopy, that I'm, I'm just shocked that people didn't use it on. I don't know on I, that. I think they do regular wax in there, and it kind of works reasonably well. Yeah, but also so. the plastic. I'm not sure if it's. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, <laughs> talking about meat and meat and Rain-X. plastics and Lockerbie Scotland's. Oh my, oh my God, can we just take a break? Let, let's take a break. Thank you. All right, we'll be back, folks. To the mountains we go Synergies like that Cigarette tat tat A big boy down Like a hundred flats When the guava fall into the We run. 
Ooh, we are back. It was a nice break. Uh, real quick, we need to pay some bills here real fast. And uh, Cellar, Door, uh, Cellar Door Wine Bar, downtown Kingman, uh, has got, um, let's see, tonight, which was Wednesday the 14th, Monty Neal and Friends, which is who was playing, I believe that's who was playing. Oh, they're playing there tonight? Last Friday. No, they're yeah, they're playing there tonight. Tomorrow. Okay. Wednesday yeah. the 14th. Got it. Then uh, Scott Yoakum, who's an incredible guy, singer-songwriter, but also plays covers. Such a nice man, brilliant guitarist, and great singer. No relation Scott, to Dwight Yoakum. No, no, no relation to Dwight Yoakum, and also spelled differently. Okay. Uh, that is December 15th. That's uh, Thursday night. Okay. Uh, and he's played Blackbridge a bunch of times, and he's just, like oh, I said, yeah. he's just a genuinely just sweet fucking man. Like, he's just one of the nicest dudes ever. He always remembers everyone's name. Drinks his Miller Lite. Oh, I'm sure he's got a dark side we don't know about. Oh, he probably has a dark side, but it's you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, the 16th, which is Friday, Friday night, is yeah. uh, Ron Howard and the Invisibles, which they've played Cellar Door before. The director I've, Ron Howard's going to be? The director Ron Howard has a band. <laughs> he's he's a little little tight on funds now. He's I, got, he hasn't managed his finances well. Ever since Apollo 13, it's just <laughs> it went downhill. No, um... Not the director. Okay. I confirmed that with Jeremy the last time I asked him <laughs> Did about you them. Really? Yeah, Ron, Ron Howard's going to be here. Uh, it's wow. funny. If it's, I think it's funny that Ron. It's the band is Ron Howard and the Invisibles. Because if I had a band and called it Joe Fellers and the Invisibles, I would just show up and it would just be me. Like, oh, my bands, yeah, they're invisible. They get it? Get it? I, I get it. I get a joke. Now, do you know uh, what the kind of music they do? I do Mr. not. Okay, I do not. It. And then um, Saturday. And then Saturday uh, evening is Monty. Again, Monty Neal and Friends, well, so I think may, may have to go there Saturday night. I did, I'm sure they've done the uh, Cashmere, Led Zeppelin's Cashmere before, I Dude, guess. last weekend. Did you, have you ever heard them play Cashmere? No. Is that no. a new thing they do? I think so. It's fucking great. Yeah, they absolutely just destroyed, man. It was so good. I was so pumped. Right. And you never, it's rare to hear somebody, Zeppelin is kind of like the Beatles. Yeah. Like, I get real protective over people covering their music because it's kind of like, mm -hmm. It's rarely done properly as to, up to my standards as a fan, but there's a there's some exceptions and like the heart when they did the Stairway to Heaven oh, at yeah, the yeah, Kennedy yeah. Center honors when they honored the surviving members of Zeppelin, mm -hmm. that was that's better than the original Stairway to Heaven. I'm right. sorry, it fucking is. Um, I love their uh, violin player. She's you know she's yeah on, in Cashmere. It's fucking part. It's yeah they oh, they they did awesome. they did such a great job. Yeah, such a great job. So gave, go down and check five them bucks out. for that one. It was a boom. Here's five bucks. Hundred percent. Fucking yeah. great. So I, yeah, folks, go down the cellar door, check it out. And then you can also what the new thing at uh, Blackbridge. Oh yeah, Blackbridge has darts now. We have a dart real darts, actual darts, yeah. and it's cool because it's actually a vintage dartboard from. If I had to guess, it's probably from the '80s. It might be from the late '70s. And it's a Joe Camel, like oh, you, really? like it's got the wooden doors, you know, that shut where you have the your right. score your chalk scoreboards yeah. on the inside, and it shuts, and it's got the big Joe Camel, and it's laid out the proper dimensions, the proper height, all that shit. Oh like yeah, it's all been it's, measured up, and there. and it was it was hung by, uh, somebody who not only plays darts very well and is into it, but is also a the an all around construction guy. So he did it. He did it right. Okay, cool. And it was on its level. It's on center and this and that and the other. And there's a tape on the floor. We put some gorilla tape on the floor to where the line is, where you need mm -hmm. to go, need to be. And I played darts for shit four or five hours on, on Sunday afternoon. And it was a lot of fun. So yeah, go, go check that out. Occasionally you're going to screw with your friends. We wouldn't do this very often, but by once every year or two, we'd pull out the foot fault. Like someone be like, yeah, no one really watches your freaking, they just right. don't do that. It's like, hey, buddy, you had a foot fault there. What? Fuck you. Yeah, eat you know. shit. I didn't have a foot fault. Right. 
So watch where you're fucking placing your feet. All right, so we have a, a somewhat serious topic that I feel well, is yeah. necessary to speak about, and Paul actually is uniquely qualified to speak about it because of your uh, finance degree. Right. Anyway. And you're dialed into, uh, to, uh, uh, um, what is it called? Economics. Uh, and, yes. And, and money. Right. And I've heard this comment before. I heard it was at the Airfield Commission meeting today. No one really ran with it, but you hear this. Semi regularly, at plate you're out talking and constantly talking. from the older and generation. No one wants to work n- anymore, and they think it's all the you know here's all the from the COVID recovery act and all this bullshit. It's, and I I don't have to look that up too. Millennials and Gen Z are lazy. I no, don't, it's, I don't think it's actually that, quite the opposite. I don't, I don't think there's all those funds have tapered off now. I they've think. all been they've been tapered off for six months. Right. So there's that which is not accurate anymore. And there there's some money that went to some companies, and some companies did commit fraud. By financially getting yeah. wealthy from the, that happened. It happens with all this government payouts. It just, it just ha- there's fraud in military contracts. Really, yeah. You know, there's fraud all over the place. So, so that happens a little bit. But the point is, is that nobody wants to work anymore, and you can't get a good help these days. No, 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 no. Well, we have. We looked it up, and I knew it was in the threes. You looked it up. What's the current unemployment three, th- rate? Unemployment rate in this country right now is three point seven percent. That's as of last Friday. For my scholasticism that I've had, I believe it's four and a half or five percent or whatever is considered full employment because there's going to be a low percentage of people that just aren't going to freaking work anyway. They're, they're just, not going to. They're not for gonna, whatever reason. They're not going to yeah. work because they're stay-at-home parents. They're in right. you know independently wealthy. They're trust fund kids. There uh, are trust fund people. Uh, right. There's people that are on uh, semi permanent disability. You know, like they're they're you know they just had fucking cancer. Like right. my mom was unemployed for almost a full year because right. of her chemo and radiation, and then the recovery period from that. And it was also during COVID, so her yep. doctor was like, "You can't go back and work with the general public. So we're you still will working. get sick and die." And then her hip thing. So she was unemployed for right out about it was right. like eleven months. So she would. So she would have been one of those people that would of not, the three and a half percent or that, that are unemployed. Those those people right. exist. So so there's that. There's also the factor of um, uh, uh, of uh, again we're coming out of COVID and so we're having to recover from this thing, and then. And then here's a big factor that really isn't talked about as much as I think. I think it's a real thing is, um, you know, I'm, I use Facebook for my business, and I, I love to hate. We all love to hate, uh, I guess, uh, Facebook and other social media platforms. Twitter's, you know, fucking, you know, going into right. some weird concoctory tailspin right now. We'll see how that comes out later. But um, is that I'm targeted now, you know, ads and all these different ad feeds or your news feed and all these different ads come over because they know what kind of clicks you make they hear you talking and all that kind of crap i bought a lot of different shit off that stuff that i kind of really did want to buy it's not like oh i don't really need that i'll buy it but like if i were in the market for a bunch of t-shirts like this is one of them right here this is a fresh clean tea thing uh-huh. it's not a it's a pretty big factory but they're growing now rapidly and there are other small companies now that make personal you know small belts other uh, clothing lines that that people are yeah, you know, they're bo- saying boutique level stuff that yeah, are started by right, little startup companies. And little, it's younger people right now. Yes. They're not they're not working. Guess what? They're on the internet now. They're making money, and you're not aware of it. And what? And I I can tell you where it stemmed from. And we talked about this several years ago, well mm-hmm. before COVID or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why Canada has one of the biggest. Uh, young entrepreneurship like uh, rate that they have of starting up their own businesses that are successful mm-hmm. is because a lot of people stay in their job in this country. They'll stay in a job that they hate, myself included, 
because of the benefits. Right. The health benefits. Right. Or healthcare benefits. And they're not that good, but they'll give you that. They'll, they'll dangle that over you. They'll and, dangle that over you, and that's why. And people are like, I have kids that need to be taken care of. I I've gotta have so health I'll stay insurance. in this job that is soul sucking, and I want to shoot myself every fucking day. I go to right. work, right. but I'm doing it for the kids, my wife, for me, whatever. So when you eliminate that, people will take the risk and start up their own company or go yep. and work at a small business because they're going to get treated better than yep. this big shitty corporation that is all about the bottom line. Do you know, and, you know that one little def- thing that I bought recently on, on? Well, I bought these. I bought three of these belts. It's like a simple lightweight belt, uh-huh. and it's a small. It's a guy about my age, I think, or maybe a little bit younger. He retired from the military a while back, and goes, "I hate these. I hate current belts. I hate holes. I hate they stretch. They look bad. They get leather belts. Get, this is a lighter weight. You know, I bought like three of them: a black one, a kind of a beigey one, and a gray one or something. And right I on. One of them for my jeans whatever anyway i needed some belts i hated my I just i got and you it. didn't go to walmart and buy it you no. bought it from a guy who started this up his own started little company like a two or three yeah. years ago and then the most recent thing i bought was that clear ice maker thing yeah that's these guys are in their 20s i think late 20s i figured that out they haven't been around but for a couple years they said fuck it we're gonna start making clear ice cubes and they're probably moving a hundred thousand units every six months who, or something who knows what they're doing yeah i mean it could be that high but so these, the, the bottom line small companies that are happening right now that did not exist yes without the internet and without social media to advertise and people getting tired of the they and you know i i I, I saw it. I, obviously, I have a very small bubble at uh, you know working at the hospital, but I saw the treatment of employees just go into the shitter when COVID really started to ramp up and get nasty. And I heard from a lot of different people who worked in various different kinds of professions that they're like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm done working for these people. And our current hospital has some problems, some big problems. Pro- we, really, we had a big conversation today. Yes. They had, something came up. They have a lot of problems, and it stems from upper-level management and mismanagement of right. human resources for years and years and years. And then it just kind of came to a head, and it's gotten worse and worse you know and worse. You know what they need to do to fix all the managerial problems of this? They need to hire some more managers that are in between the bad managers oh, yeah. that, that can't get together. we got to fix – let's hire more just and more make managers. Just make it more and more top-heavy, just like right. an upside-down triangle. It's like what we need in my business is like a bunch of me – oh, my God. Oh, God, eight more, anyway. eight more Pauls to really and, make the place profitable. And fewer technicians that know what they're doing on the floor. Right, and also don't listen to your employees. Right. See, these – and that's – so whenever somebody says – Man, nobody wants to work these days. It's generation blah 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 da da da. My my initial retort is to ask them, "Do you own a business?" Well, I ran this and da da da. Okay, well here's the thing: it's not that they don't want to work; they just don't want to work for you, right? And they don't like that. They people do not that harsh that like that harsh reality because, yep. like we've talked about before, there's not a nursing shortage. And there's it, not a nationwide shortage of nurses. And it also companies mi- keep talking about that. Right, and it also might be. There, Go ahead. There's a shortage of nurses that will put up with fucking bullshit. Yeah. Because they figured out there's a better place to go because there are companies that treat them well. Mm-hmm. And that goes for any profession out there. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're somebody who's complaining about nobody wanting to work, it's not that. They're working. It's also Because otherwise possible. the economy would have collapsed. Like what if you have a, um, a small business, let's say you're a, owned by, you know, it's a mom and pop business, that kind of thing, but you kind of need some help now and then. What it could, I don't know what an example we could have in our town, but some simple business that you could see in a smaller, medium-sized city that people could use. I don't know. Try to think of something. It's not a quiz, but try to think of a business that is not really popular, but it, it needs an employee. Like an ice cream shop. Sure. Let's, yeah. think, let's think of that. We don't have one of those. We have we have Dairy Queen. Right. We have some places that sell gelato. And we have- but we don't uh, have a full-blown ice cream shop. Uh, other than right. 
Baskin Robbins right. and shit like that. I'm talking so, about a mom so and pop business that has, makes their own yeah. shit in house. And you would, and they, they might get tired of not doing it for themselves. It, right now, it's going to be hard to find maybe people that work there because, first, the vast majority of people are going to go, that's really cool. An ice cream shop, I've always wanted to do that. Correct. Yeah. And so it's not a sexy job. And so, and because all these other opportunities are out there, I don't think there's a bunch of kids that are just flat unemployed now more than there used to be. There's not. I, I, I don't really know self, any kids A lot of them are way. self-employed. That's the, like we were just talking about. And then people are learning how to make money off of YouTube, Instagram, yeah. so on and so forth. And TikTok. That's, and that's that's a weird way to make money that we're, you know, I, I see that too and I get how they're making money. It's I not a weird way. I understand. It's a it's, different. It's, it's different. It's a yeah. different way, but it's also very similar to the entertainment industry because that's how it works. Yes, it is. So it's that, based that's off of growing. advertising dollars and things like that and that is a growing sector and it'll just continue to grow. You can have someone, there was a woman who was a beehive key, or a famous attractive female I just said that because she is on Joe Rogan a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and I don't listen to Joe Rogan as much as I used to for different reasons but I'm interested in the bee, bees and, yeah. what, and what they mean to us and so she was really interesting too she said there was there was one of her video clips that got like 50 million views in like less than a month or something 50 million yeah she's been offered and he kind of steered away from it she's been offered like reality shows like oh the beekeeper doing this because they're gonna direct it and make false drama out of your business and she could you know you're gonna want to stay away from he's that smart stuff. for i'm glad he did steer her away from that because yeah. that'll just cheapen it and make it shitty yeah that's another thing you're self-employed yeah you're getting paid through youtube but and youtube does dictate certain they have and, guidelines and they make a lot of money from like, it too like i've got one guy that i actually met him in hawaii and started following him uh, and he was starting to get really pissed because he's getting videos demonetized because what he does is uh, he's a free diver, mm-hmm. right? And he goes out, he's like him and a, a handful of his friends, and they'll go out diving, and they'll have their GoPros on, and he does a voiceover. Obviously, you can't have I know what you're talking about because I follow this too. And the he has sh- an attractive female that... Shanger Danger is his name. Yeah. He's got kind of a goofy voice, like, and he makes yes. all these weird double entendres, like, oh, watch out for that. Don't put your hand in that right. hole. And I, yeah, and That's I, a forbidden hole, I, like that kind of stuff. he finds a lot of fishing weights and that kind of stuff. Yes, and, yes and I know clean, the guy. But yeah. it's all under the guise of cleaning up the ocean, but Correct. also staying fit and physically fit and all that stuff. And his girlfriend's got... Kind of a small a, fitting, a, a full on dump truck ass. You, know, yes. you just say it, right. but because he says that, and he's like, he got pissed, and like a few weeks ago was like, I'm getting videos demonetized because I'm quote unquote showing nudity. She's in a thong. Everybody in, I'm serious, Paul. Right. I've never seen so much ass, just square footage until there. I went to Hawaii, and I was like, everybody wears them, but I understand it because. And t- talking to the kid about it, and she goes, yeah, it's just more comfortable. Your, un- your bathing suit is going to go up in your ass anyway. Right. So you might as well just be comfortable. Right. So she- he was in, so he has to, like, blur it out or get, like, creative he and cut it out. He does certain things, yeah. And, and she's wore, there was a, somebody's recently where she wore a different thing that covered over everything. Right. Yeah. He, so that he's modifying how she, how she looks. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's just kind of shitty. Like, you get right. people report him for, you know, community violation is what it's called. And it's just that kind of shit sucks. Here's Josh, for example. You know Josh, our our aviation friend. Yes. He's got a pretty popular aviation YouTube, which is not a very – aviation's not popular as far as compared to so many other things that are out there. Like his biggest view thing right now he has – is just reached over one million views. Oh, that's awesome! Good one. Good for that's him. One million, and this other and it's, be- uh, the it's, been out, it's been out there for ten years. We that can, one we can plug his channel. It's Aviation One Hundred One. Correct. It's yeah. a great channel. Like even yeah. I, I thought he was going to get mad at me last year when I told him I was like, dude, when I get off work in in the morning, you know, and I, I need to watch something with that doesn't have a lot of dialogue. That's kind of, but it, not a lot of music and stimulation, so I can fall asleep. 
mm-hmm. and your videos, I love them because they're perfect. They're like 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes. I said, I hope you don't take offense. He goes, hell no. First off, that's views. Right. I'm, I'm happy. that. But also, however you uh, consume my content, I'm happy with it. I don't right. care. Right. I think it's great that you're not even in aviation. You're just interested enough in it that you watch it. Right. So, yeah, Aviation so, 101, so, check so, it out. So, yeah. so Chelsea, his girlfriend who's on there, who's helps views happen as well because she's attractive and she's an aviator and a mechanic and aviation mechanic and all the kind of yeah. she's kind of got all this you know but again the aviation audience is not near as big as so many other things correct it's not yeah. very, so yeah. they could do they they should probably consider expanding into some other area as well but he's really busy doing his editing and where they're flying and that kind of, anyway she's starting and he's helping doing her videoing and all that her own channel that's cool that's Good. smart a real smart move and by the way she goes, you know, long before I knew Josh and all this, she goes, you told me about five or six years ago, she had another boyfriend at that time. That's right. You, you remember that? Because you told yeah. me, I said, yes, you need to start your own channel on YouTube. This is years ago. I said, you have the looks, you have the camera presence, you know how to how to talk to on on camera, all and, these different and things. Before anybody decides to try and call us misogynist or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, I'm in favor of anybody of any gender or Absolutely. sex 100%. to utilize whatever skills they have. Right. And if and and I've told female friends of this like that are female bartenders that are in whatever. Or I have like two friends that are that I've told you about that are welders mm-hmm. that they they're both female, they're both certified welders, they both have at least 5 years experience. They own a welding company up in in Oregon mm-hmm. and when they go and go on bids, they're definitely dressed to not so much impress but they know their target audience. Yes. Right? So they're both in. They're both attractive. They're both in great shape. They're both in their like late twenties, early thirties. They might be around thirty. Certified welders, but they're also yes. knowledgeable as fuck. And like yeah. one of them is certified underwater welder. Like it doesn't get much more cream of the right. crop, crop than they that. They make a shitload, fuck of ton money. of money. Yeah, few hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. So they they'll go in wearing like they'll wear like white tank top underneath bib overalls. And then go in and bid on a project, and these guys are just they they're like, oh yeah, you guys got the bid, and they're like twenty percent more expensive, right? But they do they have a reputation for it, so like you got to use the tools when, you have. When we say, and that's one of those tools. Yeah, men use physical presence, deep voice, things like that. These are all psychological intimidation and, things, and, and they kind of bully their way in, you know, right? Sometimes, and, and we've done that forever. And if a woman does that, she's <clears> a bitch. So remember if that. She, if a woman does that, she's disagreeable and she's bitchy. But those are the ones that that mm-hmm. break through that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. They're disagreeable, as uh, as uh, uh, Jordan Peterson says. Right. And uh, I I hundred percent am behind that, and like. That's how you get weaker people to do things for you, and you can make money at it. Yep. Like I tell female bartenders, dress dress a little more provocatively. Dress nice. Be Not classy. Not slutty, but just a little just bit fun. Still, still be classy. It, still, yeah. you know, still be fun. And you won't make twice as much tips. And it and it sucks, but that's one of those things. And why not? If you're I, young and attractive. Why not? I don't have the gift of being classically attractive, fat kid. I'm 41 years old. I'm pasty white, and I'm losing all my hair and I have to the point where I fucking shaved my head. Holy shit. Dude. But I, I can <laughs> this fucking- This whole list was like, ugh. I anyway. can pull down some fucking tips Yeah. because I know how to talk to people. Yep. And I have that, and that's one of those things that not a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. I realize that later on in life, that that's a real gift, that I have that ability. Mm-hmm. So- Use all your talents. So, so anyway, back to, two back to the make, we know I know those two people right now, and she's going to make, that's what her living's going to be. She's also going to, you know, she also works on aircraft, so she does that too, but that's going to be probably going to surpass the money she's making 
as an aviation mechanic, just of course, working on airplanes. I would agree with that's that. That's how Josh. So there, she's in her what mid twenties. Josh is maybe a year or two older than she is. Right now, that's two people that I know directly that I fly with and I've flown with different places that are not working at some ma and pa business. Correct. Or they're not doing this. They're not. They're self-employed. And by the way, they're not fucking lazy. Right. They bust their ass what they do. Correct. And they're intelligent and they're both educated and they're both knowledgeable the, in, in their fields. What's funny to me is the older that I get, the more I see how things are cyclical and repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that guy that... Uh, that was at the at the wine bar a couple months ago, three months ago. We had a metal show going on at Blackbridge, and uh, I st- I hung out, supported my friends and their bands, but I can only take that level of music for so long. Mm-hmm. So I went over to the wine bar to get you know some more peace and quiet and have some wine. And I'm sitting at the bar, and this guy comes in. He says, "God damn, I don't know who's booking the bands at Blackbridge, but I don't know what the hell you call it. It's damn sure not music." Da 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 da. And I just kind of like took personal offense because he insulted me and the business that I love and work for, like all in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you know who you sound like? He goes, what? And I said, do you know who you sound like? He goes, who? You sound like your dad talking about your music. And his wife lost it. She was cracking the fuck up. <laughs> he goes, what's that supposed to mean? And I'm like, did your dad ever call you a shiftless layabout? Tell you that that's just de- the devil's music? Mm-hmm. And all it was was the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin? Right. And he goes, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, that's exactly who you sound like. All right. I, I told you my grandparents and- chastised <clears throat> my father. He had a 78. When he was a kid, this is your, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, decade. My dingling? No, no. It was Fats Domino, Blueberry Hill. Blueberry Hill. That I was, was going to say, gonna, it was one of those two. It was going to be yeah. one of those two. I found my thrill on Blueberry yeah. Hill. Yeah. That, that's as risque as the lyrics got, but that was it. But you knew what he was talking about. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, what I'm getting at is that when you have this generational difference, I guarantee you the people that are saying, nobody wants to work anymore, the, blah, 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 the lazy, blah, 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 younger generation, when they... Were the younger generation, say in the 70s, mm-hmm. or maybe going for a little further back into the 60s, right? Guaranteed, they had the same shit said about them by the, of their the older generation. Now, for the, like he, the, here's what's funny: yeah. some of that music he's talking about, I'm not really into either. You yeah, know, but just, he, what, the but thing, I would what, never have said anything. No, because like you're not an ignorant dipshit, who, right? You know what I mean? You're not an old fart, right? That's why I've said old. When I say old, it has nothing to do with your time on earth. It has everything to do with your mentality, right? And that guy was being an old fart. Yeah. And 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 when I told and he came over and apologized to me, he goes, "Why did you say that?" And I said, "Well, first off, I'm tired of hear, listening to that shit because, mm-hmm. like, I guarantee you, your folks said that to them, and their folks said that's about sock hops and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, all that happens at a sock hop is fornication and rock and roll music. Yeah. And then the next generation was like <laughs> a bunch of shiftless layabouts, listen to your dope smoking hippie shit. Right. And then it was. All you guys are doing is drugs and listening to new wave or hair metal or whatever. And then in my generation, it was reggae came around and became really popular for like for like contemporary reggae. And we were all a bunch of lazy stoners. Well, it's, lazy stoners are what built the fucking internet that everybody loves now. So oh, like, yeah. let's let's get down to brass tacks. And and I said also, you insulted me and the business I work for that I've also helped build over the years. Right. And I'm the one who and those books are some those of the bands. biggest nights you guys have. Yeah, and that's why I told him I'm like, we're making so much goddamn money over there because metalheads don't have anywhere to go in town. So either they're going to go to the store, and Safeway is going to get their money, and they're going to drink Miller Lite, or a local business that hires that only is employed by local people, run by local people, is making money off of music you don't like. It doesn't affect you. Right. Why Why even make the statement? Well, I j- can't go over there and listen to Hotel California right now. Tonight. Yeah, right? No shit. So, but the guy if was I cool. I never heard Hotel California again my entire life. I don't think I would. I give think a I'd shit. be okay with that. I really, I'm. Eagles were probably talented. I still, I love the Eagles, but like when if Hotel California comes up, I skip it. Right. Because I've heard it a thousand times. But I'll tell you, it's funny you bring this up. 
interesting little note. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I discovered, I was just talking about this about a week ago. I remember when I discovered, I was really getting into music. I was like 12, 13. At 13 is when the Eagles reunited after like 14 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the Hell Freezes Over al- album, right? Which was mostly live, but a handful of new songs. So that version of Hotel California is beautiful because they have like a flamenco Spanish style kind of guitar intro mm-hmm. and people don't know what's happening. And then after like three minute, this beautiful intro, then it goes into the chords and people start you know cheering. Mm-hmm. So I listened to that all the time, specifically that version. It got to the point where my mom was like, Jesus Christ, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you please either put in headphones or there are so many other songs by them that are great. Right. And I'm like, Mom, it's one of the greatest songs I've ever written. She was like, yeah, uh-huh, I get it. But right. it's been played out since 1975. Like, right. it's been, it was, they played on the country stations. They played on AM. They played on FM. They played on the rock stations, pop, everything. I've heard it for decades. It's like as much I as I love it. ribeye, after the 47th day in the row no of sh- only ribeye, I'm done I'm with done ribeye. With <laughs> and so. she said, it'll happen to you someday. No shit. Because a few years ago, I realized that my generation, like is the is, my generation's um, Hotel California, is under the bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> because it's so popular, it's such a beautiful. Oh my god! Was it that? So I, I meant to tell you that when we went out. Speaking of this, Red Hot Chili Peppers and and this kind of thing, but there was one of their songs. I think it might have been Californication. Just just yes. hit a billion a billion views. Yes, yeah. and that's a pretty small club. Yeah, I, I think the cl- the club would include uh, f- probably Friday by Rebecca Black, uh, Gangnam Style. I guarantee you, Gangnam Style. Holy Christ, because yeah, that, that one I think was the first one. I think that might have been the first YouTube video to pass a billion views, and that was like ten years ago. Yeah, look that up if you got. So a chance. Gangnam Style. I, now I now I really do kind of wonder. What, don't like that song at all anymore. Yeah, uh, I, like how many billion? But it's going to be all these high. Is it true that all these upper upper level number uh, uh, views on YouTube are going to probably be all music? Like it's not going to be Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about the Earth, which he's very popular on YouTube. Very. I'm, I'm just using it as an example. It's going to be music videos, probably, right? Uh, yeah, predominantly. Okay, so here's what we got. Oh my God, I can't believe these, these are billion view uh, categories. For YouTube, or is this music billion views and above? Or oh, my God. The top one is the baby shark dance. Oh, my shit. Wait, is this, is this YouTube in general? or just, This is YouTube. It's not music. It's just just, just YouTube. It's YouTube videos. Okay. 11.83 billion views. Oh, my God. Then Despacito, which is hilarious because that's... Despacito Joe, is we need the, to have a baby shark reference thing on the concept we talked about. Uh, we have to the, do something I th- with that. I think you might be on to something with that. You know Let's not forget that, okay? I won't. Okay, go ahead. So they got a couple songs I've never heard of, and then number four with five point eight million, or excuse me, five point eight billion views is "The Shape of You" by Ed Sheeran, which is a great song, but holy shit! God, billions! I wonder how much money he make he makes off of Uptown Funk. Like of that, you know, what I'm saying he still how many how much money does he make off of that one video? Yeah, I, I think once you get to a certain views, your pay structure goes go it, it changes a bit. To, but I'm, worse I'm, for you or better for you? Probably worse, because it's just too much money. They yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm not 100 percent certain on that. Okay. So, um, Gangnam Style is actually number 11 with 4.6 billion views. So, but there's some in there you say you've never heard of. 
Uh, yeah, there's a handful on here that I've never heard See, of. See, that's interesting to me because you're a music guy. You know, you know a lot about music. And you yeah, but like the of... Baby Shark thing, like Porsche hasn't been a baby since um, before YouTube that's, existed. That's, you know what I mean? That's true. So I wouldn't have been a Johnny, Johnny, Yes, Papa. I don't know what that is by the Lulu Kids. I don't, That's number three. Holy cow, I have no idea. Yeah. Bath Song by Coco Melon. See, these are things that I may know, but like See You Again by Wiz Khalifa. I know that song. Yeah. Uptown Funk, you know, so on and so on. There, there, there's... Maroon 5, Katy Perry, One Republic, Axel F, The Crazy Frog, that that fucking video. Oh shit. Yeah. Is 3.6 billion views. So yeah. these are just dumb things. Like some of them you know, they're they're Okay, I have to say I'm blown away that Maroon 5 has two songs on there. Yeah. And so does Ed Sheeran. Oh. That are shit. in the Billion View Club. Wow. And then Taylor Swift at number 30, 3.23 billion views of Jesus. Shake It Off, which oh is a great God. fucking song. That, go ahead. Uh, November Rain by Guns N' Roses became the first video made prior to YouTube's uh, creation to reach the threshold of a billion views in July 2018. Wait, if it was for YouTube, where, where, were, they, where were the views? How, did they, how do you view it? No, they were, they, it wasn't made during the era of YouTube. No, it Maybe wasn't. It preexisted. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was the first 1970s video and pre-90s video to reach 1 billion views July 2019. Right on. This is some really good data. This is interesting it, data. It's interesting say. to me. So then if you think about the fact that I know that uh, one one of the early, uh, early YouTube guys, uh, Casey Neistat, which is... I always found him to be kind of annoying, so I never really watched him. He, he's not real huge on YouTube because he's made his damn near billion dollars. Mm-hmm. But when he was consistently, like, and he talks about it now that he's not really affiliated with making money on YouTube Mm -hmm. because he did some investing in this net and started a business. But just his travel logs that he would do, like, twice a week, he started, once he first turned on monetization, once he hit, like, 100,000 views on something, he would turn on the monetization for a video. He brought it, like, the first month he did it, he was bringing in $6,000. He's like, holy shit. I live in New York City and I can I can I could live off this. Yeah. The next month it hit almost forty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's when he hired a financial advisor. Wow. And it got to a point where he was consistently making about seventy thousand dollars a month. Right. So from YouTube. And so I went back just because they don't you're not allowed to disclose that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like how much YouTube is paying you. So it's very secretive. But I did a little not really math, but like kind of figured it out. I went back and looked at his his views. I there's people that I follow that are, have twice as many views as that guy. So if he was making that much money a month, I mean, some of these people have to be. I know my, my buddy Jordan, uh, Jordan the Lion. If you guys want to check that, uh, it's a travel travel vlog that he does every day. I was gonna say, you know, people that are, that this is their he, living. I don't know how much money he makes. I know that he paid cash for a house in Florida last year. Is that his? Is that what he does for a living? Yeah. Okay, so there that you go. That is his living. So that's a guy that you're not going to see out there that's working because he doesn't want to work. That's Correct. one of those categories. Right, and he has employees, so he has a business. Right. He has somebody helping with his videos and this and that, like right. editing and, and sound. So and all the, that. the the culture, the business models, all these things are business are, culture have been changing. Kind of after the internet, and people started discovering how we can monetize this. Yeah. And by for those of you that don't know, and I think everybody probably knows by now. Google owns YouTube. Yes. They bought it for, look at how much they paid for it. Not very much did. money. Oh, my God. It wasn't very much money at all. 
you know that that one thing now, there brings in mind, them in a shitload th- of money. I think YouTube was only started by two guys, so they split their fifty million dollars or whatever it was. That yeah, it wasn't very much. Fine, you know those guys are fine. It's not like they. It's not like they sold it, you know, for $35 in a pack of smokes. Like they, maybe, maybe they were smart because what you want to do, if you think you've got onto something but you're not going to do real, I mean, you should say, okay, we're going to all sell for $50 million plus 2%. Right. That would be the really smart. That's, that's the what, smart thing. That's what we call back end in any yep. business. That's the back end you want to kind of keep. I would do that. that with anything I was involved in selling um, just to keep some sort of residual. Even if, if I go out and develop a very healthy Coke addiction mm-hmm. and blow all that money, I still have residuals. That's yeah. Uh, that's one of the smart things that James Cameron did with um, Titanic. Like there, there's a good percentage of people. I say good percentage, but that are younger in Southern California. Just one example. There's a lot of YouTubers out there yeah. that are making a lot of money. Like a, there's a chunk of them. Yeah. Not just like three or five or ten. It's thousands of yeah, people that are, that are making a good living. There. Yeah. Some of them are only making fifty, sixty grand a year, but that's comfortable when they live in. Rural bumfuck nowhere that yeah. has you know, like cheap, an apartment you know, or a little yeah. small house or renting or something like that. And that's that's it. And if you don't want the three bed, two bath, two car garage with two cars in it, right? You know the quote that's unquote, a lot of that's the old American people. dream. Yeah. If you don't, if you're okay living, you know, uh, frugally, you don't have to be a slave to some terrible corporation. And, like and you so, don't have to be so your, not only, your own boss. Only then not, not want to work for you. That's the negative way to put it. Calling someone a jerk if they're not able to hire somebody. That's perhaps true, but they're doing work that you're just you you have no concept of where their money's coming from, right? You just you just don't you, yeah, you don't they, understand this. They business. can't, and they don't understand it, and that's fine. That's going to be a lot of folks are like that. They're just they they're purposefully clueless about things. They're just stay naive. And one of these people that made this statement does not want to ever doesn't like using email, doesn't do it at all, does not have a smartphone. And oh, this was at the yes, uh, the at meeting the, you were talking about when he said I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm just that just I don't even bother making comments. Yeah, know. at that point it's you're never going to change their mind. But right. sometimes I, I if I see like a glimmer of some sort of hope that I might be able to convince somebody, hey, they're like just because you were a company man for X company for all these years, and now you look back and and people are like, wow, nobody wants to work. And how just, does that work? There's nobody to work. That's the problem. And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly, and it's not a big deal. Another, here's another thing too. We have a fucked up immigration problem. We talked about this farming thing last year. That's another thing too. We got to figure this out. We need people in here to do oh, that, these the, jobs because they're leaving things. The another huge thing, uh, worker shortage. We yeah. did lose people. There were a chunk. I knew. I know three people that were viable working people that were that died during COVID because of yeah. COVID. Whether you believe it or not, I don't give a flying fuck. But these were they still were alive at the beginning, and they were working. And there's a lot of people that are off the fucking payrolls from that disease the last couple years. They're gone, and a big chunk of population right now is older anyway. Like we're having this airline pilot shortage. Those fuckers are 65 years old, starting a while back. Well, they're now in their lovely mid 70s. They retired in their 70s. A lot of them are dead. Maybe they were working also, or maybe they were a flight instructor at a local flight school just because they felt like it. They're gone. We have a large chunk of people. It's a problem. It's a you know. So you think the unemployment's gonna, or, or the, un- the no one wants to work. This is gonna keep going. I don't see an end to this. Yeah, I don't either. You know, it's just gonna be the way the economy is. It's gonna be tight labor. It's you know things are gonna go up, and that's gonna cause more price increases. Fine, I don't give a shit. I think what we're seeing is the very <clears throat> the very beginning of what we've seen in futuristic sci-fi movies. This is like the very beginning, the bedrock. Yeah. Of oh gosh, what happens when we automate everything in the factories? We don't have factories anymore. 
people are going to be able to open up something that is their passion project that they care about. Right. A and hopefully others making more money, so they'll be able to support that. Hopefully. Yeah. Or yeah, uh, they could open up a brewery. They could open up a fucking pottery shop. They could open up a boutique women's clothing store. They could do like all these different storefronts, or not even physical shit. Sell it online, and then you do it out of your garage. Then you're writing off this, and these are this is what you will what we will see going forward. I guarantee it. Look at all the people on that show Shark Tank that come on there, yeah. and have a little idea for a, a, a product or a service that we never would have heard of or never thought it would have existed. And those are only the people that are getting on the show. Right. There are people that apply probably by the tens of thousands that want to get on that show. Cause you know there's tons idea. of products that were turned down on Shark Tank that those people ended up, somebody saw them on Shark Tank. Yeah, and, and they and supported like, Look, it. Mark and Cuban it may in. think that he knows what he's talking about, but I want to invest in this because I believe in this product. Yep. And there's hundreds of products that yep. uh, that, that, that were never, that were turned down on Shark Tank that have that are now, and they're multi multi millionaires. And by the way, I don't yes. think I own any object or thing that was ever on Shark Tank. You know, I, I don't think Scrub Daddy. That's what I have. I don't have a. Okay, you ever you seen do, those things? But I, none of this stuff. Yes, I have. They're yeah. They're kind of incredible. Yeah. Because like, did they call you Scrub Daddy? No. <laughs> I wish hey, they did. Big when Daddy. I used to wear Scrub, hey, hey, Big Daddy. <laughs> I've never had anybody call me Big Daddy or, or Scrub, Scrub Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> In fact, I don't like. I don't. I, my kid never even called me daddy. Right. Like I think maybe when she was little, she's always been dad or Joe. Right. She definitely called me Joe before. You're not gonna be anyway. able to call me daddy. You're not gonna be doing it in that kind of. No, know, God no. You don't and have to any, share with that me if you. And any know. man who like gets his jollies from right. someone calling him daddy in yeah, the bedroom, little, yeah. either doesn't have a daughter or is fucking sick. I don't think this has ever. I gotta think. No one gives a flying fuck. But I don't think this has ever happened to me where a woman said that, and I don't think I've ever requested that. Hey, you know what you got to do? Just really turn me on. Call me your daddy, or who's maybe your that's because you're not doing it right, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Big Daddy. Maybe you need to listen to the Scrub Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love what I can do with my voice when I'm starting to lose it. Speaking of losing it, are we done? I think we're done here, folks. Thank God. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week, and uh, yeah, uh, our Christmas show is going to be next week. Yeah, ho ho ho. Yeah, it's going to be great. Fantastic. All right, have a good one, folks. Thank mm-hmm. you.